Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. Are you all ready for the Bible today? All right. I'm going to open up this morning with John chapter 19, verses 28 through 30. If you are joining us online today, we would just want you to know we are so excited that you are with us today. We are praying for you, and for those of you who are in person, we are excited for you today. Uh, It was a year ago on Easter that we were filming everything and trying to figure out how to do everything, and this Easter seems so different. It's like things are coming back. There's expectation in the air, and we are excited. Amen? All right, John chapter 19, verses 28 through 30 says this. Later, knowing that everything had now been finished, and so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked it up in a sponge, put it in a sponge on a stalk and on the hyssop plant, and they lifted it to Jesus' lips. And when he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. And with that, He bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Amazing. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for the great love, God, that you have expressed to us by sending your one and only son. Jesus, thank you for your willingness. Your willingness to lay your life down for us. Oh, today we just reciprocate that love and just say, we love you back, Lord. We thank you. We thank you, Lord. We worship you. Today, Lord, as we uh, hear your word, speak to our hearts right on the tablets of our hearts. We thank you for your ability to speak. And we just say today, God, our heart is open to hear from you. Lord, I pray for the empowerment and the leading of your Holy Spirit to, to share your word that is so holy and so reliable and so good to us. We thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for the empowerment of your spirit. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Today's message is called, It is Finished. You know, these were the last words that Jesus spoke as he took his last breath on the cross. And today, I want to look at those words from Jesus's perspective. You know, it's such an interesting thing for Jesus to say, it is finished. I wonder if the people who are watching him die on the cross that day, I wonder if they thought he meant like his life is finished, like that's you know, what he meant. That's probably how they looked at it. But he said, it is finished. And you know, that word finished, when you look at it uh, in the original uh, language, it means to bring an activity to a successful finish, to complete, to finish, to end, to accomplish. And Jesus had this awareness that his activity, that his mission had come to a successful completion a successful finish. And so I wanted to look at, so how did Jesus know that his mission was completed? Well, he knew because he knew who he was. He knew his identity. You know, while Jesus, of course, we know from Christmas that he was born of a Virgin Mary and this miraculous conception is this amazing thing that Jesus is very special in the sense that he is fully God, a part of the Trinity, right? 
but he's also fully man. Like he wasn't just like the silhouette of a man, didn't just look like a person. He actually was a person. And somehow this mystery of being fully God and fully man, he was able to really walk in this human experience because what he did is as he took on humanity, he laid aside his God powers so that he could truly uh, understand what it was to be fully human. Well, when we look in the scripture, we see that Jesus started to understand who he was. You know, it's not, it's not like Jesus was a baby and, and he's looking at his mom and dad and just kind of faking the goo-goo-ga-ga, right? Like, just, we'll play along here. Goo-goo-ga-ga, I know your every thought. He was, can you imagine raising that child, right? But you see in scripture along the way, you see that he gets this revelation of who he is. And the first time that we see it, in Scripture is when Jesus was 12 years old. See, his family every year would go to Jerusalem for a feast called Passover. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. A little bit. And this year they had gone to Passover. Jesus was 12 years old, and they did the Passover feast. It was a week-long feast. And uh, Mary and Joseph said, all right, it's time to pack up and go home. And they're traveling back to Galilee, and Joseph's with the fellas, and Mary's with the ladies, and they're traveling back. And they get back, and they realize, where's Jesus? You know, they each look at each other. I thought you had Jesus. I thought you had Jesus. Neither of them had Jesus. So they rush back to Jerusalem looking for Jesus. And where do they find him? They find him at the temple. And he's there. He's sitting with the teachers of the law and interacting with them. And they're like, can you imagine them walking in and you find Jesus at church, right? Can you imagine mom and dad? It's like, okay, we're, we're, in, we're in church, but we're mad. You know what I'm talking about? Come to the parking lot. We have words for you, right? So they go up to Jesus, and this is what Jesus says to them. He says, why were you searching for me, he asked. This is in Luke 2, 49. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he was saying to them. See, Jesus had this awareness that he was in his father's house. And this is the first time we see in Scripture that he had this awareness of his, who his father was, that his father was his father in heaven. And he's understanding his identity. He's the father and I'm the son, right? Now, here's the wild thing. He's sitting there and he's asking these questions of the teachers of the scripture, and it's during the week of Passover. Y'all, this is really significant. Here he is at Passover having this conversation Passover is the most important feast of the year, and it commemorated that God's emancipation of the Jewish nation hundreds of years ago, right? And in this week-long festival, one of the crowning moments near the end of the week is that they, or the most significant moments near the end of the week is they would sacrifice a lamb and eat a lamb together. And Jesus is talking during Passover with the teachers of the law with this revelation that my father is my father in heaven. And I'm thinking, he's probably thinking that week, I'm the Passover lamb. Because as he understood his identity, he began to understand his mission. And he understands who he is. And it was years later when he was an adult and he was out and about ministering that John the Baptist says about him in, in, in John 1.29, he says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Y'all, when you and I read Scripture, we read about Jesus, we read about his identity, we read about his works. When Jesus was reading Scripture, he was reading his story that he was living. 
He was reading those Old Testament scriptures that were prophesying. They were like a prophetic roadmap of his life. And he was seeing it in scripture. And he could see his, his life written and prophesied in scripture. And so when he is hanging on the cross in John chapter 19, this is what it says starting in verse 28. Later, knowing that everything had now been finished so that scripture would be fulfilled. Do you see that? See, he saw in Scripture his mission, and he saw in Scripture his identity, he, and he knew who his father was, and we could go so much further in it today where we talk about how he had this relationship with the father, and he would talk with the father. He says, I don't do anything I don't see the father doing. He knew who he was. He knew his identity, and he knew his mission. And so, again, later, knowing that everything had now been finished so that the Scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, and so they soaked it with a sponge and put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant, and they lifted it up to Jesus. And when he drank, when he received the drink, he said, it is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Verse 31, now it was the day of preparation, and the next day was to be the Sabbath. Y'all, he gave up his life as the Passover lamb. He was the fulfillment of it. And here's the cool thing. It says that he had known that everything was finished. And he said, can I get a drink? And it was like dotting the last I, crossing the last T. Because it says in Psalm 69, verse 21, back in the Old Testament, hundreds of years before Jesus was on the planet, it says, they put gall in my food and gave me vinegar for my thirst prophesy about Jesus' last days. It's interesting that in, it doesn't record in Scripture. He goes, um, could I specifically have some vinegar? And you know, like, it doesn't like, you know, he doesn't say, it needs to be such and such and such and such. At this point, he just knows it's all being fulfilled. He just says, I'm thirsty. Let's conclude this thing. It's finished. You know, I want to read to you a Scripture today. And I've kind of wanted to set this up for you because I wanted you to see this. It is finished from Jesus's perspective today. And I want to go to a scripture in Isaiah 53 that is of all the prophecies about Jesus, one of the most prominent scriptures that clearly talks about Jesus, his identity, and his mission. And I, I just want you this morning, would you, while I'm reading this verse by verse, would you engage your imagination and recognize that this is written hundreds of years ago, it's written about our Savior, and that our Savior, as he was growing up and as he had humanity and he was walking all of this out, that he would go to synagogue and he would go to temple and he would, he would hear these scriptures and these scriptures, you know, they would say, oh, someone is going to come, a Messiah is going to come. And he'd be sitting in the room, if you will, and he would say, I'm right here. Can you imagine growing up knowing that your destiny is the cross? That your mission field is all around you. And that everything that you are doing and everything that you're walking out is for the people that you're sitting around right now and all the people in the past and all the people who are going to come, that you are going to take on the sin of the world. Now, y'all, that is a mission. Isaiah 53, verse 1. Who has believed our message? 
And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? That part is written to you. That part is written to you. Who has believed the message? Verse 2. He grew up before him like a tender shoot, like a, a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind. A man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised and he was held in low esteem. You know, he, Jesus truly took on humanity. In all of its weakness, you've been tired, he's been tired. You've been hungry, he's been hungry. He knows what it is to have that human experience. He took it on fully because he wanted to redeem you fully. In verse 4 it says, Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. Y'all, I want you to know when you, when you look into this scripture and you dig into it, when it says that he took up your pain, it means every kind of pain you can experience. Pain from sickness, pain from emotional abuse, pain from sadness, pain from sorrow. He, he has, it, it, this, th these words that are used are so deep that it's kind of like a collecting. That's why it almost says it twice in these verses. Is that he wants you to know every kind of pain that you have experienced, one of the reasons he took on humanity is he wants you to know, I'm, I've walked there and I'm taking it upon myself. Y'all, that is a great amount of love that he has for you and for me. In verse 5 it says, but he was, he was pierced for our transgressions written hundreds of years prior to the cross. He was crushed for our iniquities and the punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. Y'all, he, he took our sin upon him. He took our punishment upon him. And in doing so, he provided peace. He provided reconciliation. He provided healing. Healing physically, healing emotionally, healing spiritually. Y'all, God doesn't do things halfway. And he doesn't do things partially. If God's going to do something, he's going to do it well. And verse 6 comes back to you and me. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each one of us has turned to our own way. Does anybody identify with that here today? Haven't we all done it our way? And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Y'all, what a powerful, powerful thing. 
and knowing that and being that, Jesus said, it's finished. How profound. It's finished. That's what he finished, is Isaiah 53. All that was written in there, that's what he completed. That was the mission. And in finishing, he provided for your salvation and for my salvation. But I want to tell you something today. Finished doesn't mean done. You see, he finished his activity, his mission. He brought to a successful end that mission. But he ain't finished. And he ain't finished, or he's not done. He's not done with you. He's not done working. That work is finished. But he's not done with you today. That kind of finish that Jesus had on the cross that day was the kind of finish that you have at a graduation where you've completed a course, whether you're graduating from high school or or middle school or graduating from pre-K-3. There's something about you have finished that course and you have completed that thing and you are done, but you're finished, but you're not done. And Jesus finished the mission, but he's not done with you. Now, though, his finished work can work perfectly in you. Because, you see, he did all of this to finish this work so that you and I can stand in a place where we say, now, Lord Jesus, I'm going to honor what you've finished by receiving it in my own life. I'm going to honor what you've completed by receiving it in my own life. Some of that is instantaneous, and some of that is a lifelong journey of receiving what he has done for you. And every time you say, Lord, I receive forgiveness of sin, and every time you say, God, I receive healing in my life, every time you say, I receive, I receive, you are honoring the word that he has finished and he finished it for you and he finished it for me finish the work of providing for our sin finish the work so that we would not have to be slave to sin finish the work so that we could have life and life more abundantly it was a hard road that Jesus went so that we could have life more abundantly so much he bore And that's why he deserves all the glory and all the honor and all the fanfare that we give him on a day like today because what he has done is so amazing and he is so worthy of our praise and our glory and our honor because he is who he is. I want to tell you today that his motivation in all of this, you know, it says in Scripture that most of us... uh, We wouldn't even die for a friend, (laughs) you know. But Jesus, his willingness to even die for his enemies. I want to tell you today, his motivation in all of this that he has taken on him is wanting a close and loving relationship with you. That was the purpose. For God so loved. It doesn't say for God wanted to just prove a point. For God wanted to just show how right he is. For God wanted to just show you how wrong you are. It says, for God so loved that he came after you and he came after me. And one of the most wonderful things that he provides us when we receive this work that he has finished is he provides us a new life. 
It says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, and what that means, if you've received him into your life, the new creation has come. The old has gone, and the new is here. And all this, it's from God, who reconciled us through himself in Christ. Y'all, if you, if you have not experienced what it is to be a new creation in Christ, to like turn your life over to the Lord and say, I, I don't want to be in charge of my own life. I, I want to put my life into the hands of my maker. If you've never experienced it, it, it it's, it's hard to describe. It's like you're the same person, but it's like all the colors in the world are different, if you will. It's like you just see things differently and you experience God in a different way because you've asked him to come into your life. He already loves you and he's already pursuing you, but what he won't do today is he won't violate you. He won't force himself upon you because he wants you to receive him in the manner in which he is pursuing you, which is love. And love doesn't violate. Love respects and honors. And so, you know, the Lord says, it's your move. I've made my move. You know, some people say, I need a sign. I want to tell you today, the cross is the sign. That's the sign. And I just want to encourage you today, if you're in a place where you've never turned your life over to the Lord, I just encourage you, if you sense God is working on your heart, you, you probably have this kind of thing that you are feeling and, and thinking. I just encourage you to receive him today. You just say, Lord, forgive me of my sin. Come into my life. I put my life into your hands. It is the greatest decision you'll ever make. Maybe you're here today and you say, you know, I'm a believer, but I'm struggling in my life today. And I see these things that God provides for, but I don't feel like I'm walking in them today. And I just know that God has more for me. I just want to tell you today, if you're in that place, just cry out to him and just turn your heart over to him and just tell him, tell him what's hurting, tell him what's going wrong, tell him what's, you know, and then, and then once you've poured out your heart to him, just listen. Just wait on him. If you're not experienced with what it is to like hear the voice of God, it's okay. He's been talking to people for centuries. He's got this down. A lot of times I think of the voice of God or those thoughts in my head and those feelings in me that are better than me, smarter than me, and they stick with me. A lot of times that's the way I know it's the Lord. I'm like, hmm, I'm not that nice. I'm not that good. I'm not that pure. I think that's the Lord. And that's his heart. And then we can go to the word and see that it lines up there. Today, if you are making a decision for Jesus, or if you just have an area in your life you need to turn over to Jesus and cry out to him, I want to pray for you right now. I'm going to pray for you, and then we're going to transition here in a moment, and we're all going to receive communion together. Okay, let me pray. Father, we thank you for the gift of your one and only Son, Oh, you're so good. You're so good. Jesus, for those today who are crying out for the first time or who are just saying for the first time, Jesus, come into my life. We thank you, Lord. This was your mission, Lord, to seek and save us. And Lord, today we just say, Lord, forgive all our sins. Heal all our diseases. We turn our lives over to you. And we 
we say, Jesus, would you be the Lord, the master of our life? Lord, I thank you for those, Lord, who have been following you and they just, they have an area in their life where they just, they need to cry out to you. They need your, your help and your rescue. I thank you, God, that you don't shame us, you don't turn us away, you don't put us in time out, you don't uh, lecture first, but God, you rescue. You're a rescuer. And so, Lord, we just, we cry out and say, God, give us a rescue. Rescue in a marriage, rescue in a relationship, rescue uh, in our in our thought life, rescue in our day-to-day lives. Lord, you're a rescuer. Lord, thank you. Come and rescue us. We thank you and we honor you. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, if you made a decision today for Jesus, whether it was online or in person, I would love to know about it. If you're here, just come up and, and tell me when we conclude today. If you're online, would you go to the website, victorychristian.church, and click on Next Steps. and Just let us know that you said yes to Jesus today because we want to reach out to you because you may be online, but we want to be connected to you. And, uh, and we want to rejoice with you and make sure you have everything that you need. We're going to take a moment and we're going to honor what Jesus did by giving his life up on the cross, by receiving communion. Now, if, if you're new to communion, communion is not magic, it's honor. It, and what we do is we take a piece of bread and we say this represents the body of Christ and we receive it. And say we recognize that Jesus was truly beaten and tortured for us. And when we receive the cup, we say Jesus poured out his lifeblood to pay for our sins. And that's, that's what we're saying when we receive communion. It's an act of honor unto him. And so I'm going to read to you this morning, again, Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, because it talks about his, lot, his death on the cross. It says, Surely he took up our pain and our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God and stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And the punishment that brought us peace was on him. And it's by his wounds that we are healed. You know, he, he has provided for your sin. And I want to say to you, he has empowered you to forgive others. You know, the Lord, he puts this expectation on us. He, is going to, he who is perfect is going to forgive us who are imperfect. And he has an expectation. You who are imperfect need to forgive others who are imperfect. You might have a place in your life that you have unforgiveness or bitterness, and I want to tell you, God will never ask you to do something that he will not empower you to do. And so I want to encourage you today, even as you receive what represents our forgiveness, to extend forgiveness to others. If you're struggling to forgive, say, God, empower me to forgive. Do you know that that forgiveness that God wants you to extend, it's for you, not for them. It's so that you can be free. And we receive it today because of the power that he has over sickness. You know that God can heal our minds and he can heal our bodies. He is a healer. 
It's what he does. Jesus in his mission, he healed people, person after person after person. And we can cry out to him for healing. Now, if you're online today and maybe you don't have bread and juice ready or something, um, here's what you can do. You can grab anything that you want to represent the body and the blood of Jesus. You can hit pause right now, run and get what you want, come back and hit play and just receive communion with us that way. Uh, If you don't have bread and juice, like I said, it's really about what it represents. You can receive it by faith. We are honoring what Jesus did. If you're in the in-person service, will you uh, stand with me today? We've got our noisy communion um, packets here. And so, but you know what? He's greater than crackly noise, amen? You know, he has us do this because it's so important that we remember. It's an act of honor for him, but it's important for us to remember what got us here. And it was Jesus giving up his life for us, amen? It says in 1 Corinthians 11, 23 and 24, For I receive from the Lord what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, now y'all realize what's happening here. It was the night that Jesus was going to be taken away. He's with his disciples celebrating Passover. And he takes bread. He does the first communion, if you will. He takes bread and he gives it to them. And says, this is my body, which is for you. He's about to fulfill this. He's about to finish it. Do this in remembrance of me. Would you receive the bread today? Just take a moment and thank him. Lord, we thank you. Oh, we thank you for your willingness Your willingness to go to a cross. Your willingness, oh God, to receive such a terrible beating. There was no easy way for you to get to the cross. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for what you endured. Thank you for, it says in scripture, you didn't put up a fight. You just let them because of your great love for us. We just want to say thank you. Thank you for allowing your body to be broken. And we honor what you did for us today and say, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. We love you, Lord. You're so good to us. And we honor what you've done. It says, in the same way, after supper, he took the cup. Again, he's sitting there at supper with the disciples, just about to be hauled off. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Would you receive the cup and thank him today? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, mighty God. Lord, we thank you today. We thank you, Jesus. Just take a moment and thank him in your own words.
you. We thank you today, Jesus. We worship you today, God. Worthy are you today, mighty God. Lord Jesus, I believe today, God, that, Lord, light is breaking forth in the darkness for people today. God, that people have gone through a year of emotional darkness and physical darkness and relational darkness. And we thank you, Jesus, that just as you rose from the dead, Lord God, that, Lord, your light breaks forth in the dark places today. And, Lord, I pray that in every home and in every life, Lord God, that light will break forth and there will be a sense of encouragement that, Lord, doesn't just come because spring has come, but it's come because the Lord has come. Because, Lord, you have come to encourage your people and to strengthen your people and to give them hope and a future, Lord God. I pray that there be a, a shaking off of the death and the shaking off of the sorrow and a shaking off of the brokenness, Lord God. And, Lord, that there'd be a, a new mercy every morning available to us, a strength that is available to us each day, Lord God, and that we could come to you and say, Lord, let your light break forth. Let your light, let your encouragement break forth today, Lord God. And I pray for those, God, who've walked under a weight over this past year. Lord, they've walked under a weight. They've even carried the weight this year. And today you come, Lord God, to shed the yoke. You come to take off the burden because, Lord, you're the one who carried our burdens. You're the one who carried our sorrows today. And so, Lord, today we release our burdens and we release our sorrows and we say, Lord, we honor what you've done by saying, Lord, we allow you to carry these things. I pray that today, Lord, that everyone under the sound of my voice, Lord God, that their sorrows could be lifted, Lord, that they could turn their sorrows and their weights over to you. And Lord, that there'd be a refreshing that would come. Lord, your word said that you would bring time of refreshing. Lord, fill your people with your Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, you said that you would go, but that you would send a, a comforter, that you would send the Holy Spirit. And Lord, today I pray a filling and an encouragement of your Holy Spirit will come upon your people, Lord God. And they will sense the Lord is strengthening me. The Lord is encouraging me. Lord, we thank you for your real presence and your real power today. And Lord, today we speak a brokenness over every yoke that has come upon your people. It is a new day. You have resurrected. There is life in you. We thank you, God, that you carried the sorrows. You carried the pain. And Lord, we take you at your word. You came that we might have life and life more abundantly. Father, those are the words of your son. Those are your words, not our words. We trust you at your word. And so, Lord, I pray a great encouragement over your people today. A great encouragement. And, Lord, the things in our minds and our hearts that say, yeah, but, Lord Jesus, we just remove that language from our minds and our hearts. Because, Lord, we look to you and to your word, not our yabats. We lay them down. We cast our sorrows. We cast our pains upon the one who cares for us. We love you today, God. We worship you today. Let there be a refreshing on your people 
In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church. Have a great day.